Lady Mechanica, the monster of the Ministry of Hell number one is the comic we're taking a look at this week from Image Comics. Thanks to our dear, 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 dear listeners. Too many dear. No, you can never have too many dears when you're talking about our, our people that make this show happen. And so this week it's uh, Lady Mechanica, the monster of the Ministry of Hell. I've not really, I don't know if I've ever read Lady Mechanica before this isn't on this. Not, this isn't an ongoing series, but it is a series of series, different volumes, different tales, all set in the same universe. And so, uh, think steampunk meets Frankenstein, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that how you would, have you read Lady Mechanica before? Uh, I swear we have. Wasn't Lady Mechanica part of that legendary crossover? Oh, from maybe. Yeah, ago? maybe. That may be the only thing, but it's not like I know anything about this character from reading yeah. the series. She's basically um, a Victorian, Victor- either Victorian or Edwardian cyborg. Uh, basically, for w- the way I understand it, there was a serial killer. Serial killer killed a bunch of people. Somebody gave her uh, mechanical limbs and sent her to a creepy, creepy orphanage, which is creepy. Well, I mean, that's what we find out in this book, but there's been been other adventures of her before doing these Mm -hmm. things. In fact, she said that she's at one point of one of the characters in the book says, you're not the real lady mechanica. So I don't know what that's about. Um, but, uh, yeah. So this is maybe a good jumping on point for people who have never read this before. I mean, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, but sometimes Mm -hmm. that mystery box, uh, sits out in front of you while they try to re-explain the history of a character. And we certainly see that because we see the flashbacks of her as a young child in right. the, the ministry. I think this uh, is the Hellboy eating pancakes moment of uh, your, your uh, lady mechanica where we've heard references to her weird sordid past, but now we're actually seeing it being delivered to us, which mm. Also, you know, at the beginning of this story, she's like a young girl, maybe early teens, late something, 11, 12, 15, maybe. And I'm like, well, wait, did she have to build herself new legs as she grew up into a grown woman? I don't know. It's a little they probably odd. just twist off and pop on new ones. <laughs> I mean, this is a, this is a very steampunk environment. So who knows? Maybe mechanical arms come with the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like she has other powers beyond that. Like she's got some crazy stuff in her blood that allows her to do yeah. crazy things that may not be necessarily the result of her uh, mechanical body parts or maybe so well, who knows? I mean, certainly they have really mechanical as well, which makes me wonder if they don't have some sort of mechanical guts or, you know, maybe, I mean, there's a organs inside of her to keep her parts running. They have a TikTok bear running around. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a thing. So I just, just think steampunk and just think, uh, body horror. And I think that kind of describes this issue because there are moments in here where I'm just kind of like, oh man, I didn't need to see that. Or that's a visual image that is going to live with me for a couple of days. Right. The point where they're like experimenting on her and they've literally pulled open Mm -hmm. her abdominal wall and they're poking Mm -hmm. at her guts and she wakes up. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. And just the, and again, if you haven't read Lady Mechanica and the first time that they pull her out of a wagon and she's laying there on the ground and you think that maybe her skin's been ripped off until you look closer and go, oh wait, no, those are, you know, those are mechanical arms or mechanical legs. Um, you know, that, that first moment of, oh my God, what is going on here? Uh, and then of course you get all of the other inmates that are in the ministry with her 
And there are also a hundred kinds of, uh, of body horrors waiting to invade your nightmares tonight, Matthew. Yeah, pretty much it, it, the implication here is that anyone with any type of, you know, kind of uh, disability or any type of unusual uh, body is thrown into this insane asylum. I'm not entirely sure of what it is. And they, do they call it the ministry of hell or the, yeah, I think that's yeah. what they call it. Uh, but I mean, but, it's, it's Victorian England. So at least that's kind of accurate. That's what I was going to say. If anything, the idea of anyone who doesn't, con- who doesn't conform to society of Victorian England, uh, gets yeah. thrown into an uh, asylum pretty much as on the nose. Mm-hmm. So and it is, you know, it is kind of terrifying when she wakes up and one of the guys is trying to, you know, calm her down and she just whips her finger and ends up amputating most of his hand. Like, oh, <laughs> a horrible blood. Uh, yucky. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I was, I guess I wasn't ready for how violent this comic was going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't, again, I don't know what her story is. Is she a monster hunter or is she a monster that is hunted? I don't know. Uh, she seems to be, you know, obviously the title, uh, title character, I don't think that she's an anti-hero. She's like but, a, a kind of a Phineas Fogg slash yeah, yeah, Hellboy yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, and we have seen references to her past, but I think this is the point where they're actually for the first time showing us her past. Because I I know I've read something maybe in the Probably. tablet of I mean, Destinies. I want to say the Lady Mechanica stuff has been around for uh, oh, yeah, quite for like- a, a while. From like um, 2010, I want to say. I mean, it's been a see. long time. It started out. Is this a dynamite book? No, this is a this is an image book. So it was originally published in 2017. This issue? No, uh, the Lady Mechanica's first appearance. No, it does say August 2010 as her debut. Yeah, because she used to be with a different company. Uh, but I can't uh, Aspen. remember. Aspen. Oh, right. Because they used to have all of those, um, yeah, name, uh, but this is, this is Joe uh, Benitez, right? I think that's how you say his last name. If not, I apologize. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is his own creator own thing. So, you know, he can take it where he wants to go with it. And certainly image is a place that accepts, you know, indie publishers, uh, creator owned projects, providing that there's a, that they see some money in it for themselves. Um, Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what, what about this that either I like or dislike. I feel like in a lot of ways, this is interesting to me because it is trying to, it's, it's definitely playing steampunk, but it's also trying to avoid some of the things that, I feel maybe a little overworked. I know that uh, when I went looking for uh, backup kind of information on the character, I found a picture of her and I'm like, oh, she's got goggles on her hat, but it's not a top hat, Stephen. It's a bowler. And yeah, that also, you know, that also like is steampunk. Throughout this issue, though, it feels like they're really trying to play with steampunk in a way that sometimes you don't see because this isn't this isn't by any means a utopian type story. No, no. And I feel like some of the steampunk stories I see are like, this takes place in this, you know, kind of magical utopian past where nothing bad happens. But 
in this book, we see clearly that a lot of the problems that were extant, you know, in the world during the Victorian era are still here in the city of tomorrow. But I also feel like for me, and again, you know, this is me talking. When I look at the art in this issue, it reminds me of uh, Michael Turner. It reminds me of J. Scott Campbell. And everything is very elongated, which mm-hmm. makes for some really fascinating sequences, especially the action sequence when Baby Mechanica goes nuts and starts climbing the walls, literally. But it's also unnerving and disturbing by itself. I mean, the cover of this issue, the one that I have, is this really nice shot of Lady Mechanica in front of like a weird melting Salvador Dali clock or something. But she's like 12 heads tall and she has the glowing red eyes and kind of alien ears. And while I feel like the aesthetic is really cool, it's also kind of creepy to me. So visually speaking, the parts of this story that aren't scary are still kind of scary because of the way the characters are drawn. There's a, a sequence where, the, you know, right before they pull her out of the wagon, mm-hmm. a character turns and he's almost facing the camera and he's got this enormous elongated head and his eyes are rolling back up in his head. And oh, it's, it's, it's unnerving. It's creeping me yeah, out. No, the, the art, I think, is, is um, fascinating in a way that, um, you know, uh, the people are stylized, like you said. And I mm-hmm. think that that works really well, providing that you're consistent with it. Like Humberto Ramos does stylized characters and he's consistent with it. Mike Waringo R- is the same way. Uh, the guy yeah. that we were just talking about this week with um, Red Monica, those are all highly stylized yeah, characters. Yeah. And, but they're all, they're all very consistent in it. And here Benitez is also very consistent in his style, right? It's not like we've spent, um, you know, three hours drawing our heroine and three seconds drawing everyone else on the page. Everyone else gets the same level of attention and detail and the background gets the same level of attention and detail, uh, throughout it. So, um, from the, from the stylized characters point of view, I think it's a very pretty book. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when we're looking at the daylight stuff where lady mechanica and the doctor are talking with one another at the fairgrounds. That's all mm. really pretty stuff. And I really like how the eyes are drawn. I really like how they do the hair and the facial uh, structures on these characters. That's something really appealing. And even mm-hmm. when we get into the flashback bits of what was going on when she was first brought into the ministry. And even when we uh, see some of the horrors that went on when she's dealing with all of the other monsters and the, and the creepy um, doctor name, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, um, he's the head of the he's the head of the ministry dr apocalypse or whatever his name is the deacon, is, <laughs> I, the deacon. oh that dude deacon. is creepy that g- dude is creepy af and would most certainly be deacon in a horror Grin. yeah would most certainly be in a horror movie uh villain i mean he he rivals pinhead in his first appearance kind of thing <laughs> he reminds so, me of uh the david cronenberg character in um nightbreed yeah, yeah. The guy who puts that leather mask over his head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you get that stuff. But even then, the art is very stylized and it's very consistent and it's very pretty. And I say that even though I'm like, ooh, gross, 
there's a lot of body horror stuff going on in here that I am not a fan of. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when, when she's running up and down the hallway covered in blood and we see all the other, um, inmates of the asylum, mm-hmm. it just is like disturbing as all heck, but it's still very yeah. pretty. And on top yeah, of that, re- go ahead. Um, do you remember Kenneth Rockefort? Yes, I'm familiar um, with Rockefort's art. Yes. He did the yeah, uh, stuff there, that got him in trouble with the, um, uh, not young justice, but somewhere, something along that. Yeah, I don't remember, uh, but I know that when he was doing Superman mm-hmm. uh, for DC in the New 52, I feel like some of the touches here, some of the inking and some of, you know, the, just the, the finishing touches on the faces and the, the accessories just remind me so much of Rockefort's art. And that's a good thing because I really enjoy Rockefort's work, but there's also, you know, you get to a point in this story where I'm like, yeah, that is, that is a beautifully rendered, terrible dismembering disembowelment moment. And I feel like that is intentional. They're trying to gross readers out or trying to, you know, get the response for a reader who maybe likes to read that sort of thing. Someone who's like, yeah, I do want to see some blood, some Rob Zombie guts in my book. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I'm kind of torn on that because I don't want to say those people are wrong, but I also, I don't want to read that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like the little girl coated in blood. That's, that's just wrong and bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that uh, that kind of stuff, if it, if it's, uh, and I'm not, again, not knowing anything else, about this series, it doesn't feel like that is the, that's the draw for this series. It doesn't feel like, oh yes, we're going to have little kids in horrible, bloody situations, uh, in every issue. Now, maybe in this story arc, because we're looking at her past. Right. Um, but I don't think that that is the, that is the name of the game for most of the other books. Uh, I, there mm-hmm. probably is this level of kind of horror that goes on monsters and whatnot that she deals with. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm prepared for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's disturbing and maybe it's intended to be disturbing. I think, yeah, definitely. The other thing that I wanted to really kind of point out is I really love the coloring of this book. Uh, yes. I think they do. And again, a lot of people hate the orange and teal, but, you know, blue and oranges, they definitely uh, are opposite one another on the color wheel and they certainly help with contrast and things standing out. And when those colors are used, especially with blues, uh, you know, golds and oranges and browns and reds, there's a lot of stuff that pops in these pages. And whether you're going from a daytime scene to the stuff that's going on inside the asylum, all those colors pop and it looks good and it makes sense. And even when you've got something that's dark and creepy, like a hallway and you've got a bloody child with uh, creepy arms running down the hallway it still pops and it still stands out and it looks, it looks good, uh, from the color perspective. So there's a lot of things to appreciate and like, um, again, because we're going into, you know, so the art wise, the color wise, I really like going Mm -hmm. into the, into the writing. I think this is a competent story. There are a few times where I thought maybe it started to get a little wordy and I started kind of like, eh, I don't know how important this is, but I'm sure it's important. Uh, so maybe a little bit more trimming of, of some of the dialogue bits could be done away with. There's literally a page and I forget what page it's on where they kind of repeat the same information twice mm-hmm. in, in two different yeah, panels on two different about. pages. And I was like, well, why are you repeating the pages? I'm, I'm literally just turned the page of this thing. 
and you're repeating already. And so I think that kind of stuff might uh, have a good pass on it. So the writing is, is competent. I think it, it could use a, you know, another edit. Um, so if we're looking at it from that standpoint, like we did with the previous comic, uh, last week, I kind of have to give this high marks from a critical standpoint. I kind of have to give it high marks, good color, good art, uh, Mm -hmm. competent storytelling. So, you know, you're looking at three and a half, four slices, four and a half slices of the, of the star ratings there. Uh, I could get behind that. Is this for me? No. Am I going to read more? No. Uh, (laughs) just because this is just, I mean, I like steampunk, uh, but, uh, this, this just doesn't appeal to me. I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, I will say that I don't know if it's the colorist or the artist or some sort of, you know, secondary finishes. Uh, but as we open that sequence, when we cut from the flashback to the present, mm-hmm. uh, Lady Mechanica is standing at the fair and she's, you know, in the really, really cool outfit. And yeah. then on like page seven or eight, they do this three quarter page shot of her where you realize that her little ivory, um, corset is actually brocade and they have the brocade print popping really really well so you actually can see the print and the you know the what would be stitching if you you know actually saw this in Mm -hmm. real life and i'm like Mm -hmm. that's a really cool effect and yeah beth again i feel like that may be part of the of the coloring or part of you know the mechanical separate whatever you do i don't know yeah but that's otello is the uh, colorist of this issue yeah, I feel like Beth is really the rock star of this issue because, you know, you you talked about the oranges and blues. I've complained about the orange and blue thing mm-hmm. a lot of over and do. over and over. A lot of people But I don't do. feel it here. I don't feel like it's a big problem. And it also, you know, works for me. If you look at what she is wearing, her outfit has browns, but it also has like gray, blue kind of touches to it. Mm-hmm. And it it looks like clothing. It looks like yeah, an outfit it, that she assembled. Yeah, it's got and not like a it. costume. You know, right. it looks like it's drawn in real life. And I appreciate the heck out of that because when your art is super stylized, a coloring job like this can actually really kind of bring it down into a realistic point. Um, the yeah, spot and- where. She looks directly, she kind of spikes the camera, but you can't tell because she's got the big goggles on. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love the color just in that little quarter page shot of Lady Mechanica with the red eyes and her red lips, but not the same red. And then, of course, she's got her brown gloves holding her friend's black glove. And I mean, it looks like somebody went through and thought about these are what the colors would be in real life and not what is easiest for you know us to put on the page. And yeah, or the, that or the I feel fastest. brings us to life. The yes, fastest, exactly. which is, is the bigger problem. And I think that when, and again, not to take away from uh, some of the other great colorists out there, Dave Stewart, I think is one of the best colorists in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at some other publishers, not to name names, but they, you know, have very tight deadlines and they release a lot of comics every month. Those kind of publishers, I think, kind of force the hand of artists and colorists to get the stuff done at the last minute and a very short deadline, especially if you believe if you are someone who believes that uh, documentary that Disney plus put out uh, on mm-hmm. uh, that process and the, you know, the, 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 the colors is like, please, I just need to get this. It's got, it's due in two hours kind of thing. 
Um, if you want to believe that, go ahead. Um, I don't think that that was the intent of that portion of the show. Yeah, I, but, I think that's definitely exaggerated. But yeah, but in this case, because it's creator owned, they can release this stuff when it's ready. And I have a feeling mm-hmm. since this is a four issue miniseries, most of this is done. You know, I'm going to bet that three issues are done uh, or all four issues are done before image is even willing to touch it. So you can take your time on that. Now, of course the drawback is the longer you take the, you know, the longer it's going to take you to get uh, reimbursed for your time, effort and energy. But oh, sure. um, the longer I think it's going to take your audience to remember that the book exists. Yeah. And so, you know, I think um, in this case, I think taking a little extra time on the colors really, really pays off. And especially when you have detailed backgrounds that you can play off on that. If you get the print copy of this, uh, there is a, um, centerfold, uh, page that you can take out a mini poster, uh, that Mm -hmm. has the covers for two of the covers for this issue that you can pop out 12 covers for this issue. Yeah. That you can pop out and you can display and have fun with, um, doesn't really read well on the digital side, but I can imagine in the print side, if you were to carefully, uh, undo the staple and pull the page out and then carefully fold the, the staples back over. Um, it would look great. Younger me, like 15 year old me would have just yanked it out without worrying about folding the pages and just said, eh, eh there's going to be that little, that little middle, middle part that isn't sitting right. But Young, younger you is a monster. Eh, Take it yeah, from younger maybe. Matthew, just buy a second copy. I mean, you could if do that, pull, but if you're is... going to pull a, a, a centerfold, buy a second copy. The nice thing about though the centerfold is it doesn't interrupt the story. So even if you take the 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 pinup out, it's not going to ruin the story because they intentionally made this the center pages and they mm-hmm. have the art on both sides uh, for the pinup. So again, it doesn't inter- interrupt the story. So if you were to take the page out and then give it to a friend, they're not going to say, "Hey, how come there's a you know part of the story missing?" And you're like, "Oh, it's hanging up on my wall. Let me take it down and flip it over so you can <laughs> see it." So it's it's not like that. Um, right, but so, it's still so going to be an but, incomplete comic that's now with yeah, nothing. So he, here's the thing. Um, this is a three ninety nine book. That is at this point, um, a kind I think a door. fair price for comics. That seems to be the average price. Would I have preferred this to be a two fifty book? Sure, but that those days are are long gone. Same way with uh, uh, you know my my desire to drive a Porsche, long gone. Um. So three ninety nine is kind of what we're dealing with here. So that's a fair price. I'm not sure I would recommend buying a second copy of this just to pull the pinup out. <laughs> so go ahead and ruin the if comic. You're pulling the pinup, you probably love this comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe buy it. So, um, that's going to pull pinup by two. That's my advice. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my bottom line for four stars. I mean, it's solid, but not for me. Hmm. I Did you give I, it a star. I, you want a star rating? I don't do yeah, stars. Star I do rating. meatloaf. Uh, if I were going to no, star, we do meatloaf on a different show. I would say three and a half stars. Three and, uh, a, half. Three and a half diamonds. Three and a half purple clovers. Um, because again, as you said, it's definitely not something where I'm the target audience, but it's good. It's better than average, and I feel like, especially if you've been waiting for your Lady Mechanica backstory for ten years, this is the book that you're going to want now. Honestly, having read previous Lady Mechanicas, uh, I know I have. I swear I have, and haven't that haven't really stuck with me. This may also be a decent jumping on point for you because there isn't a whole lot of get used to her, you know, modus operandi. She's telling you her origin. 
Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. we're done here, you should be able to walk out of this into the next or even the previous Lady Mechanica, you know, limited series. And you can go, hey, I know about this girl. She was that robot that ended up in Todd Browning's Freaks and uh, killed everybody with her hands. And then you can go, yeah, I want to read more of that. So again, yeah, as with any comic, when you take it on its own merits and you look at it, I feel like you can say, yes, even though this is not for me, this is a good book. I think this is a pretty good book. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's terrifying. uh, And you may not share my predilection for why, you know, creepy red-eyed women staring into your soul every third page are a problem. And if, you know, if you don't have a problem with little girls covered in blood, this may be the book for you. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the point where I would say, hey, here's where you get to help us pick next week's comic. but. As I've ranted on before, Previews World doesn't have their stuff together. So it is almost uh, impossible to figure out what is coming out next week. So it's impossible for me to go and put a link over at patreon.com slash major spoilers for you to uh, see what's coming out uh, next week and then vote upon that. So I may have to do like we we did, um, uh, was it last week, two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago where I posted something on Sunday morning and said, Hey, everybody get your stuff together and get ready and vote as quickly as you can and, uh, go from there because right now, I guess I can look at comiXology. I don't know how many of these are, are actuals. I thought adventure man number seven had already come out. This is what they list over on the comiXology webpage. We've also got amazing Spider-Man number 81, Betty and Veronica, um, Archie's girls. Oh, Archie's girls, Betty and Veronica, Betty and Veronica. number two fifty seven. Looks uh-huh. like we have Batman two twenty four coming out next week. Uh, Batman Scooby Doo mysteries featuring the Riddler in that one. Also, it looks like the Riddler is, uh, plays a part in Batman. The adventures continue issue number seven. We also have call of the night volume five. I don't know who that's by. Berserker. Number six from boom studios, which <laughs> again, that seems rather odd. Yes, it does say releases December 15th. I thought that series had, was already done. I hadn't seen any Berserker in a while. Uh, let's see. What else do we have coming out? Uh, let's see. Doctor Who issue 3.2 Empire of the Wolf uh, comes out next week from Titan Comics. Flash Gordon. Oh, man. Uh, not to um, dun, 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 say a lot of bad things about IDW Publishing, but they lost one of their contracts. They lost another contract. Uh, for reproductions of their uh, comic strip, their newspaper strip collections. So yeah, that's, that's kind of rough. Also, there's something called giant killing volume 28 coming Uh out next week, getting dizzy number two, which I thought was already out uh, because I could have swore that one of our, I thought Ingrid had already reviewed that. Maybe she reviewed the first one and issue two is coming out. Gun honey. Number four comes out next week. There you go, boys and girls. Uh, let's see. The Joker issue number 10 arrives. Jupiter's legacy issue number six of 12. Mm, Miles Morales, Spitterman number 33. <laughs> maze book number four, a maze within a maze. Nightwing. That's a trade uh, paperback collection. Mm-hmm. So the list goes on and on. I guess I will post the comiXology link over there and you guys can filter through there and figure out what what uh, you want us to review, but don't wait. I don't think this is a complete 
Let me just look really quick. What is, if I look next week, what's coming out from DC Comics? I mean, there's a fairly good list, so this might be updated. What do they have from Marvel next week? Marvel list looks, you know, maybe a little short, a little shy. Marvel tends to have a few more books than that, but maybe that's what it is since it's the end of the year. Image Comics, uh, I've already said a couple of those. Uh, Adventure Man number seven, which again, I thought was already out. IDW Publishing has, uh, what do they have? They have a Star Wars High Adventures collection, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ongoing 124, and Transformers issue 38. So yeah, I guess I'll put the Comixology link over there. You guys can go and, and find out. But I think, honestly, I'm done with trying to rely on Diamond to update stuff. And even in the past, we've seen Comixology be a little wonky in trying to get their updates done. So the boat is is shaken, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we don't know how long she can hold on, Captain. So get over there and vote. Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. <laughs> and uh, we'll figure something out. We'll review a comic that you pick next week. So in the, until then, take care, read your comics, and we will talk with you soon. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.